Welcome to the Hey Salespeople podcast, where we focus on delivering immediately actionable best practices for sales professionals. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Hey, salespeople. Today, it is my great pleasure to welcome someone who runs a pretty awesome conference, amongst other things, David Delaney to the show. David, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. David is the founder and CEO of TenBound, which of course has a famous conference, but they also help organizations basically optimize and implement sales development performance enhancement programs. And it's a super meta show today because our topic today will actually be about TenBound as an organization setting up their own internal SDR program. So I think we're going to have fun talking about setting those programs up and the lessons that you, you know, learn and try to apply. Before we get to that, what is your favorite sales book of all time? And maybe one or two of the lessons that you got out of that. You know, what came to mind initially was 80-20 Sales and Marketing by Perry Marshall. And Perry Marshall is a really interesting guy. He writes a ton of books about funnel marketing and optimizing funnels and conversion rates. And what he found was, you know, the Pareto principle, which I'm sure that you're super familiar with. If you really break down your activities during the day, you find that about 20% of your activities are leading to 80% of your results. And you can really apply that to so many areas of your life. But this particular book is about sales, which is our lifeblood here. Beyond the obvious, I guess, right? Is there anything in there that is like, this is one of the 20% of your time things you should be doing to have the best results? It breaks down your hourly rate based on what you're doing. Just imagine four columns on a spreadsheet with your $10 an hour job, your $100 an hour job, your $1,000 an hour job, and your $10,000 an hour job. So then he fills in all the different activities that you're doing, whether it's from $10 to $10,000 an hour. And you can sort of use that as a calibration to be like, okay, where am I actually spending my time? Because I definitely would rather make $10,000 an hour than $10 an hour. You know, some of those activities are working on your process, working on your pitch, doing training, becoming more skilled. Those are going to be over on the higher value things versus we all do it, I do it, sifting through your email, updating your your CRM, you know, those things that could potentially be deferred, delegated, or, you know, even outsourced. You guys have been advising people either directly through your work or through the amazing 10-bound conference on how to run effective sales development organizations. And now you have to do it on your own. There is an outsourced SDR sales development industry. How did you go about the buy versus build decision? One of the burgeoning industries in sales development is the outsourced sales development solution sets. And there's a ton of them. You know, they're the biggest quadrant on the market map right now. For us, we have used that in the past, and especially for large-scale outreach that doesn't necessarily have to be customized. That can be effective in reaching people with a simple message that has a simple call to action. We've had success you know, using those firms for just letting people know about the conference or letting people know about we do public seminars or we have webinars coming up and things like that. That works to some extent. But really, when it comes down to knowing the customer, being able to be in their shoes and understand their pain points and be empathetic, we just had to bring it in-house because it's such a specialty. 
our ICP is mainly software as a service, you know, mainly in the Bay Area because that's where we're from. You know, we need to be talking to every director and manager, VP of sales development at all the different SaaS companies. And we can't afford to drop the ball with that. So we really had to bring it in house and focus on it. What's the next step for you and how you think about setting up your own and how you have set up your own team? There's kind of two sides of the business. So we started to have to think about who do we need to affect on either side of the business to get them interested and get those conversations started? And is there any crossover? So we do consulting and training for companies that are trying to improve the performance of their sales development programs. And then also we have these events. We do digital events and the live events. So there's a lot of crossover there. And, and the main one is that that manager, director, VP of sales development, you know, specifically at a SaaS company. Okay. So we know that we need to have a conversation about that, but it really depends on what time of year it is and what we can provide them that would be useful to when we reach out. Because right now we just came off of SKO season. And so it was a question of reaching out, talking with them about what their plans are for SKO, what are they doing as far as training, and do they need some help there, right? And so from a campaign perspective, I mean, we'll go into the classic sales development motion. Okay, so we had to find the people that are involved in the decision-making, get their contact information, make sure that they're from one of our top accounts, and then put together messaging that's relevant at the time and you know is personalized. Getting that strategy together like I said, we had to have folks in-house. So we started with one person who was the researcher in charge of gathering the information and finding the right people, finding the contact information, leveraging tools to do that. And then we had one person and myself who were doing the initial outreach, handling the appointments, and hopefully building pipeline. The whole thing around finding great account data, finding great contact data, how did you approach that process? It has been a struggle for the last few years when we started to go from a purely inbound organization to start to look at outbound of how do we find the best information. At a high level, the accounts has never really been a problem. You know, software as a service, there's enough here to keep us busy. So from the account level, you know, it's going to be your usual data sources. What's been tricky though, Jeremy, is finding the people that are specific to sales development, especially specific to sales development leadership, it's a constant challenge because people have different titles. I'm sure nobody on this podcast deals with this, but they call themselves different things. And it's really hard to triangulate to exactly the people that we're trying to talk to. You know, sales development is what we do on a daily basis, build appointments, pipeline, revenue, etc. But there's also business development, which is forging partnerships between companies, getting into their ecosystem, and forming relationships between different companies from that perspective. And so what we run into a lot is that sales development reps are sometimes called business development reps, which gives us a lot of bad information because business development in some contexts is a completely different profession. What are some of the learnings that you found about how much to personalize and how to personalize? You know, off the top of my head, I think it's maybe 20, 30% of the message is personalized. We do everything very personalized. 
the bulk of the message is a template because it's going to be the same for everybody. But then the 20, 30% on the top has got to be very, very personalized. If we're setting up a specific appointment to solve a specific business issue, 20, 30% is going to be personalized. I used to work out in the Bay Area. This really dates me. It was in the late 90s. Back then, you could walk up to a business and truly knock on the door. I've worked in New York for a very long time, and, and you wouldn't even dream of doing that, right? I mean, you cannot get past the front desk. Since you're calling on companies in the Bay Area, are people employing that as a strategy at all to actually like pound the pavement without a preset meeting? Very few. I know of some people that do it, and they're very hardcore. You know, like no fear, no no hesitation. They'll just walk into the office with a box of donuts or a book or something to drop off and make themselves known. I haven't heard of mass adoption of that, but I'm channel agnostic. And it's all about running experiments and being more scientific about what channel is going to work for your specific industry. And, you know, what I see out there is people don't really take a scientific method to what channels and what messages are going to work for their sales development. And it's hard. As a manager, you're trying to, you know, do the art and the science of sales development. So I give you a pass for not being a scientist per se. But I think that the highest performing sales development programs that we see out there, they run, you know, scientific experiments on what's going to work best. Is it phone calls? Is it emails? Is it social? Is it door knocking and dropping off donuts? Let's make a hypothesis. Let's test it. Let's report and let's iterate. Someone, you know, tried to sell to me recently and they promised a whatever, $50 gift card, or I could donate it to charity in exchange for taking the meeting. I wonder if it's the wrong motivation. That's interesting because actually, um, as a side project, I'm developing an app that facilitates that entire process. It's a few months away from being available, but my idea with it is basically, hey, I'll just buy some time from you. Like, look, Jeremy, you're a busy guy. You've got a lot of things going on. How about I just give you 500 bucks to meet with me? <laughs> and, you know, if you're a corporate person, you could donate it. But I don't know. To be honest, like, if you take a call with an SDR, with an AE, you know, it's usually because you've got some kind of business problem to solve and you're looking for a service or a product to help you solve it. And you're trying to evaluate whether this might be the right one. So the motivation is more internal of taking the call than external of getting a donation to the World Wildlife Federation. So it's hard to tell. I mean, I, I just try to look at it for myself. Like if I'm grappling with some hairy issue and somebody comes along and they're like, hey, we can solve that for you. And let me show you how in like a quick 10 or 15 minute meeting, you know, I might be inclined to take that. I kind of feel as though, let's say I'm trying to solve some sales ops or sales strategy problem, I don't know, forecasting, right? And if that's super top of mind for me at any moment, and I get an inbound from forecast platform, I probably don't need the nudge, right? Like I, I probably don't need the money to take the call. And if I'm not thinking about forecasting and somebody approaches me about forecasting platforms, then I would only take it because whatever I wanted to give the, the $100 away to whatever charity I was looking to donate to. Maybe it's a brand exposure. Maybe it's worth paying for the brand exposure. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I'll get you on the beta list so you can try it. And maybe it's it's something where 
folks, instead of spending the money somewhere else, they can just pay the person directly. I got the idea for it because I get inundated with people that want like 15 minutes of my time or 20 minutes of my time on LinkedIn for just random stuff that just has absolutely nothing to me. And one day I just sat there and I go, I wish I could monetize this. <laughs> like, you know, like, so I called up my buddy and said, Hey man, how much would it cost to make an app that would facilitate this process? So we'll see how it goes. If you reflect on maybe a recent sale or a past sale, what's the sale that you're most proud of and what made you proud of that sale? Oh, man. I mean, the first thing that pops in my head is uh, marrying my wife because I'm batting way above my, <laughs> my batting average here. You know, I mean, we've had some big deals go through from, like you said, more of the sponsorship side of Tenbound, where people can sponsor some of the digital products, they can sponsor some of the uh, the newsletters, and then get a conference, you know, booth all in one package. Just being able to kind of, you know, we started this three years ago with those pieces, and to be able to offer more of a comprehensive, larger package and have people actually want to move forward with it has been amazing, you know. And it's like, hey. You know, maybe this is a useful, you know, product for folks. I'm wondering, like, any come from behind victories or any tragic losses where you learned a lesson, a good lesson or a bad lesson out of? Now that I'm in, you know, midlife, just to be a little bit more philosophical about it, I'm starting to rack up regrets of not taking opportunities that were presented to me. You know, maybe not being as aggressive in taking the many, many opportunities that were in front of me throughout my life and, you know, definitely starting to rack up a few regrets. So I heard a great saying, which was, this is from Jim Rohn, you can choose the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. And the pain of discipline is it it hurts at the moment, but it, it, you know, opens you up to all these opportunities. And the pain of regret is painless at the moment, but is a lifetime. Of pain. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I've really tried, you know, over the last few years to be more disciplined, be more consistent and to take the amazing opportunities that are in front of me so that I don't have too many regrets. I love that. I think it's a great wisdom about, you know, to choose the pain of discipline and do the hard things first, right? For sure. I mean, I definitely am pretty easy on myself, you know, and if you're too easy on yourself, you lose those opportunities that could be there if you stay consistent. I've really tried, you know, over the last few years to be more accountable, be more disciplined. It's been great. I mean, I would definitely recommend it to anyone who's like, (laughs) I want to get more out of life, you know? When is the next 10 Bound conference and how can people learn more about 10 Bound? We're going to be in NYC. This is our first conference out in NYC at the Essex House right off of the park, June 18th. And this is going to be a leadership conference. So this is for those managers, directors, VPs, and then, of course, you know, up and coming SDRs to come to a one day leadership conference. And then we're back in San Francisco, August 17th. And that's going to be that three track leadership, rep and revenue operations. Once again, I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Laura Hall is our executive producer. Our artwork is by Greg Klingshern. This episode was edited by Peter Lopinto. Subscribe to us on your favorite app to learn more immediately actionable best practices from our awesome guests. Thanks for listening to the Hey Salespeople podcast.